ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new mini-series here at the Finger Guns Podcast called Look for the Light, which is a weekly series all about HBO's The Last of Us TV show. Each week, we're going to go into... Going to, going to. Yes, yeah, I've said it four times now. We're going to dissect each episode, go through one by one, and see if we can spot any differences or similarities from the games. So we would like what we didn't, and just have a wonderful time talking about The Last of Us. I'm Roscoe. Hello. Joining me is Josh Thompson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. Lovely stuff. Coming from work, had a vegan sausage roll, sat down, did this. What a life. Awesome. What a life. <laughs> Mr. Miles Thompson. Hello. Hello, man. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Oh, I can't do a hello there because it's not the right franchise this time, so I'm going to refrain. Fair. <laughs> fair. Fair. How was your, the... your vegan sausage roll? Was it good? It was damn good, man. I love me a vegan sausage roll. Ah, I've only had it once or twice. It was all right, to be fair. These are bird's eye vegan sausage rolls. And they're very oh, good. oh, I've not oh, had a bird's eye one. That's, oh, that's yeah. intriguing. Oh, yeah. It was good stuff. Not gonna lie, it's good. Nice. Stuff. And uh and K today to the DKV. Kat, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, pal, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. Just having dentist woes yet again. Still again. If you're a dentist and you're listening to this and you're a piece of shit, fuck you. Wow. <laughs> but if you're a dentist and you're a nice person, please can you hit me up because I need you. <laughs> <laughs> There I you go, it. there's my little dentist flea. Your energy levels do seem a little lower this evening. Yeah, I'm, I'm in pain. I'm in pain, and, but I'm here. I took a little pain nap. Um, I've been looking forward to this all day. So, um, yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry that I'm not my usual personality self, but I'll still be here. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, behind all the pain, behind behind uh, the, the, the teeth. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How are no. you, Roscoe? Very well, thank you. Very well. Good. Yes, also, been looking forward to this today. Um, rewatched it last night. Got it all fresh in the memory. Oh my, there's a lot to talk about. Um, well, obviously, we're going to be getting into spoilers for this episode. Um, we have all played The Last of Us to the end, to the bitter end. Um, but we won't go into any spoilers further on from this episode, if you know what I mean. So we all are aware of what's going on. If you're listening to this, there's a chance you probably do too. But if you don't, never fear. If you want to keep up with the episodes as we do them, we will not go into future spoilers on this podcast. But what we're going to do, very first off, a little bit of maybe uh, maybe spoiler-free thoughts at the very top. Um, Joshua Thompson, what did you make of episode one of The Last of Us? Uh, I, th- I think it set a high bar um, for the series to come. Uh, it was a really long episode. It didn't feel like it. Um, and they had so much going on. And I can't believe where we ended up on the end of the episode is very like early on in the game. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just thoroughly impressed with it. Um, I don't know if I... I do you know what? I was quite um, happy about Pedro Pascal's casting before we saw anything of it. Because I was like, he's a good actor. I think he's going to do really well. Um, and then when I watched it, I was like, I'm not completely convinced yet. But I think it's because it's still early doors for Joel's story in general. Um, however, Bella Ramsey as Ellie, um, I had an inkling she they'd do good. Um, 
because Game of Thrones, they kind of knocked it out of the park as that little character. Um, and then, and that's the only thing I've seen of them. Uh, but they just exhumed Ellie's character um, in every form and every facet. And we didn't really see much of Ellie. Um, but what we did see, it was like the highlight of my, of the episode for myself. Mm, it was that first motherfucker, I think, that did it for me. <laughs> It sounded like, exactly like Ashley Johnson. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, that's Ellie. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Miles, what did you make of episode one? Um, I enjoyed this more than I expected to. It was a really nice surprise. Um, I think I had my expectations set kind of in the middle for this. I didn't know, I didn't want to go into it with too much hype. And actually, I really, really enjoyed this first episode. I think it sets the scene nicely. There's a couple of little threads that just help it deviate ever so slightly from the game's kind of opening um, section, which I thought was nice. The fact that there's just like minor details you can pick up on, which is like, oh, that might go somewhere through the season. Um, I wasn't sure about Pedro Pascal, quite opposite to Josh, and I'm actually quite sold on him after the first episode. I think he does a really good job capturing like the aura of his character in a lot of ways. Um I agree uh, with uh, regards to Ellie. I think she's superbly captured and her voice somehow sounds exactly like Ashley Johnson's, as was mentioned. Um, I thought it was a really strong opening. I really enjoyed it. I think the casting on the whole has all been excellent. And yeah, I, I was just enthralled throughout the whole episode of it. I'm really excited for what's to come now. And I didn't I didn't expect to be this excited at this point. So yeah, I'm properly thumbs up for it. Lovely. I can hear it in your voice. You're all excited. Yeah. Yeah, like I genuinely <laughs> really enjoyed it. It's nice, isn't it? I don't yeah. have to be a grump. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, Kat? Yeah, I can just echo what, what Josh and Miles have said. Uh, similarly to Miles, I wasn't sure on Pedro to begin with um, because I haven't seen Game of, Game of Thrones. Out of the list casting, I've kind of felt like oh, he wasn't someone I would pick. Um, I don't know who I wanted, but I kind of felt like, well, that's that's a wild card. Um, but I'm completely sold on him. I was just like, yeah, do you know what? Fair play. Okay, we, we, we like that. Um, he's really captured Joel's kind of essence, Joel's heart, Joel's, Joel's grumpiness, but Joel's like real sense of um, uh, like, like authority, but also like just that caring sense that you know about him that's kind of strong but stoic um and previously I actually wasn't sure on Bella Ramsey's casting either but they have um oh, for me smashed out the park I think they've done an extraordinary job and yeah it's so interesting because they've done such a good job in regards to the fact that um they've openly come out and said that they haven't watched a lot of the game um, they've watched some gameplay pieces, but actually mm. they were instructed and directed to not really revise um, Ashley Johnson's character because they wanted um, Bella to take away what what kind of they were going to make of Ellie. Um, and I think that's so interesting, considering you know, to me now by the end of the <laughs> by the end of the the set, like the episode, she's Ellie. Um, I cried in all, all the places that I knew I would cry. I laughed in the places where I, I thought that's going to be really funny interaction. It's it's hit a lot of really exciting notes very, very early on. Um, and like Josh kind of touched upon, I couldn't believe it when it was over. I was like, what? Is that? Was that an hour and 18 minutes or 12 minutes, however long it was? Um, so, yeah, um, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's I think it was great. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. It was um, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm saying I can't believe it was 
like an hour and a half um, with those adverts. So I had like an advert for the People's Postcode Lottery halfway through. I was like, they really kind of killed attention, but it was um, it was a well, it was a fantastic episode. Um, I can't believe how much they've crammed into the first episode. Um, thinking about that in game time, I think it may be what three or four hours possibly. Um, so you know, cutting down the um, taking away maybe the Robert sequence, they've kind of shot that right down and you know made it into a very very slick introduction. Um, I think it was a little convenient that Marlene just happened to be where they were going to get the uh, battery, but you know I'm kind of over that. That happens at every single TV show, so it's not really a big deal. But um, I'm uh, yeah, I am absolutely buzzing for what for, for what's to come. I can't wait to see where it goes and how it deviates from the game as well. So that's what that's what we were talking about, um, Kat and I, the other day after we. I think I watched it day of, and then Kat watched it a bit later. Um, kind of like the positioning of the characters by the time the kind of journey sets off that they're going to transport Ellie. Um, I was under the impression in the game that Tess is already on board with the plan with Marlene and then uh, Joel is the one that needs to be convinced. Um, But it seems like both of them need to be convinced at that point. Um, Is that that right in the game? Was that similar in the game or because I've not played it in a while now. Um, but I think watching it after, obviously I've played it eight times minimum uh, from the play, PS3 and the PS4. Um, there was obvious uh, like changes in stories that we'll probably yeah. get into. Um, but yeah, to... I, was, I wasn't sure of the motivations from Tess from the game to the to the TV show straight away. Because mm. instead of, a, they were after weapons, weren't they, from the Fireflies? In the right. Game. And so they went okay. to, they went directly to Marlene to get the guns. And they were like, if you want the guns, here's the girl. Right, um, yeah. And so okay. that was the initial setup, yeah. Yeah, and that's what Fed Tess is like. All right, we'll do this then straight away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and Ellie was not happy about it as she, was in, yeah. as she wasn't in the show. But, I do uh, like how they fleshed out the attacks, though. Um, like, to us, when we're playing the game, um, we just feel like they're random attacks and then it never, never really gets explained. But then when Marlene is like, we're doing this to spread them thin so that we need to hit that night. And I thought that was a really cool little explanation. I think it does a few of those um, kind of adds to the minor details for people that are fan of the se- uh, fan of the games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there were so many sequences that were just almost shot for shot. And it was wonderful to see in live action, um, particularly Let's get into spoilers. I mean, that entire, the entire escape, it was just so fantastically filmed. And, you know, from when Sarah dies, we need to talk about Sarah, definitely. Um, But yeah, from there and then, it was like, am I, this is literally a shot for shot. And that's really cool. Obviously, the the film, the show isn't going to do that all the way through, but they, they know how important those moments are, assumably to the fans. And so they've gone, okay, we need to do this moment, this moment, this moment, this beat, this beat, and this beat, as is. And then we can deviate elsewhere. They've they really pick and sort of chose their moments really carefully, I think, in terms of, um, yeah, in terms of what they do. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah, let's get into Sarah because, oh my. Um, what did you make of uh, this portrayal of uh, Sarah? Should we open my kit? Should we just 
Don't be it. Yeah, let's, it let's do it. I have notes. I initially, oh, okay. about 10 minutes in, I wrote notes on the whole episode because otherwise I would forget. And, and I know that there was like the little bits I wanted to kind of thing on. I thought Sarah's patrol was fantastic. I think she did an absolute amazing job. It absolutely caught me up when she dies and I think like you said Ross it is incredible to see the shot for shot that was such a fan that's such a kind of like quote-unquote for the fan thing um you know and um it's so nice to see the like tweets yeah. where they side by side the car and they side beside the junction and they side beside the road signs um that was really cool um is she a little too old in this? I kind of asked myself, is she, is she a little bit older? That's kind of the very first deviation, is that she's ever so slightly older than the Sarah in the game, which I don't have a problem with at all, actually. I think it worked really, 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 really well. Um, what is she meant to be, 12, yeah. 13? I have no idea, you know. Kat, Kat thought she was meant to be four or five at first, and I was like, no, what? <laughs> I know, I know. I really She's got a very, very cute little face. And then yeah, I looked back yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, no, she doesn't. But I'm pretty sure but she's we like were kind 13. of talking about it. In the game. Yeah, and I I'm think here sure she's, she's more like 15, mm. 16-ish. She kind of feels in this. Yeah. Anyway, love... that was that was the only kind of query I had was, was have they made her older? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I'll have to ask Neil Dropman. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> uh, I love, but yeah, um, I loved, I loved how they fleshed her out. Um, yeah, yeah, really made. Some people are saying that they didn't need it, but I think they did need it. I think you did need it. Like, yes, you still get. I keep biting my tongue. Um, yes, you still get the. Um, you still get the emotion from the game, um, even without all of that. But I think actually that it just adds to the significance. We're not going to have the luxury of playing or watching a 30 to 40 hour sequence. Mm. So we need to understand the significance of Sarah. We, we need to understand that Joel's a single parent. We need to understand that Tommy's in their life. We need to understand that Joel is, is a little bit incapable without Sarah, that he doesn't really look after himself very well. And he, you know... You know, he's got his 15-year-old cooking him breakfast and, you know, making sure that he's home on time doing X, Y, and Z. But, you know, at the end of the day, he is still a father. Yeah. Um, you have to see that bond between them. Um, otherwise, you would never understand the significance of of her death, but not only not her death, but the, the decisions that he makes going forward um, in regards to that kind of moral injury that happened with uh, the police officer um, from the police officer's perspective of being told to to shoot a civilian and him having that faith and that kind of hope in the authorities and yeah. hoping that you know they would be saved and they weren't um, and he's going to carry that with him and he's going to carry that sense of utter injury towards him and I think that people saying that all oh, the first 20 minutes could have been cut utter bollocks I don't, I don't agree with it so I think it's very different as well because you play Sarah in the game. Um, yeah. And I, th I feel like playing as a character is a whole lot like different than passively watching a character. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like the time spent playing Sarah is like the time earned watching Sarah in the TV yeah. show. That we kind of do get that connection like straight out of the bat. It kind of like replaced every game gamified moment and put it into a script that like even like for, for the first episode had a callback from beginning to the end 
of like that flashback that he has at the end of the episode. Like mm. we were already coming full circle with some mental mm. uh, arithmetics in Joel's mind on like how he feels. And you don't get that yeah. in the game as such, but I think because we're playing as Joel instead, so it's a lot different of an emotion. And I think on that as well, you like there are people who are going to watch this that haven't played the game. And the reason that mm -hmm. moment's so yeah. effective is because we do spend a bit of time as Sarah in the game. Mm -hmm. And then it, you don't expect the death to happen. That's why it's so shocking and so effective. And for the people who haven't played the game that will watch this, I imagine this opening will do quite a lot of the legwork towards that. Whereas if you only spend two minutes with Sarah, when it happens, it doesn't have yeah. nearly the same impact. And like Josh said, when you play as a character, you almost get triple the amount of you know connection that you have with the character because you're taking on their role. Whereas, like you said, Josh, if they're a passive character you're watching, you need a bit more time with them to build that connection to make that loss worthwhile. And it's such mm. a pivotal part of Joel's character for everything else that mm. happens that you can't skimp on that. It might not be mm. the most entertaining part of the series, but it's probably one of the most important because it is for the game as well. It's not the most entertaining mm. gameplay-wise, but it means so much for the rest of the game going forward. Yeah, it's so, so important. Yeah. I also didn't expect it to get me as well, and it really fucking got me. <laughs> oh, mate, she looked like she was in the most pain I've yeah. ever seen anyone in. Oh, <laughs> honestly, she did fantastic. To be fair, that that interaction between them is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's so weird because um, we know because we know it's coming. We know yeah. that moment is going to happen. Yeah, as any, gamers, anytime. you know it's coming. And it's like, how are they? How are they going to do this? You know, um, one thing I remember watching the behind the scenes of how they made the game. Yeah, uh, grounded. It's a, this long ass documentary on YouTube. If you have time, go and find it. It's fucking brilliant. It's amazing, um, isn't it? And Troy Baker and this. Uh, mm. uh, sorry, I, I don't. I don't remember the name of the the, the actress that played Sarah. Sorry about that. But they did that scene like nine times. And Troy, they said they got it, and then they went back, and Neil Druckmann said we're going to do it again, and Troy was furious, like he was like genuinely angry, and they that they found it in that moment again and it's amazing to think that i remember you know looking back on the the the, the uh, tv show and thinking i wonder how many takes they did of that you know because it can't have i don't know if it can't it can't have been that many because how do you portray that over and over and over again how do you capture that motion and i think this is where um the direction comes into play for uh what i assume is going to be the series and what the TV show is. Um, Anna uh, Hayes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Just Cheers. Yeah. 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 played Sarah in the game. Um, Kat touched on a point about how uh, Bella has not seen any of the game or was told not to play any uh, of the game to not know, to go in as fresh as possible. This, I feel like the scenes in the whole episode was so particular that I don't, I think Craig was, Craig Mazin was doing the directing and Neil did the writing and was probably there on set the whole time. But I feel like uh, Craig is a fan of the series, played the game so much that they were directed so meticulously that it really just, they, they I, every single like look, like turn and everything was like meticulously directed to these characters so they could do the exact same as the game without knowing what the game is. Yeah. I actually noticed that, you know, there's a bit where they go into the tunnel and uh, Pedro Pascal, like, drops down to, like, crouch. And he crouches just like Joel does his animation, where it's kind of like he folds his top half in. And I was mm -hmm. like, 
I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but if they've gone to that much detail, that's fucking impressive because he looked oh, just like, like even, Joel's animation there. Even like when Joel and Tess just go into their bag, like that is just straight up <gasps> the animation. Yeah, from the game. I saw <laughs> yeah. that. And I also just... saw the shot where they go to the door from the behind and it looks yeah. like Joel and Ellie, but it's actually Joel and Tess. Yeah. And I, I can just tell that Neil's probably like, so I want it to be like this. And I, I want you to like take it off your shoulder like that and then go straight, straight down and hunch over. And like, yeah, it's it's so funny just to see, like it's almost like a one-to-one comparison on like everything that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the uh, the guy that played the runner uh, chasing Joel and Sarah through oh. the diner. Because oh, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before. Proper flung himself about. I was so cool. That section was really good. Really nice played. I wrote a note saying this episode should be called Dog Snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um because they do. You can see it in his face straight away in the kitchen. You're like, oh, he knows, dog knows, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, when oh, when the dog just like jumped on um Sarah and was like, no, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> I read something very, very cool today about um, the significance of all the food and how um, they actually had dodged being infected multiple times in the episode. Um, So first of all, there's something about um, Sarah not being able to find the flower. I don't know like what's going on there out the flower, but um, then there was a time where like the Adlers um, offer her biscuits in the morning and she says no. And then later on, she denies the cookies from the Adlers because the house is infected. And so she actually wow. like dodged both her and Joel dodged being infected multiple times because of it was raisin and not chocolate chips. So it, that was really cool. How like when you look back, there's there's a, there's so many close calls. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, I haven't thought about that. That's a wild theory. No, I, I saw, a, saw a little tweet. I think I think it's time to uh, talk about the elephant in the room, and that is probably the change from the. Uh, spores to the tendrils and what we think of that. Well, her, the Mrs. Adler having the cordyceps like coming from her mouth while she was feasting on the lady in her house. Oh my god. (laughs) It's like that Resident Evil 1 scene where the thing's like eating the guy's neck and it turns around. I was like, I don't know if that is a reference to it, but it's very reminiscent. I think it's so much more scarier than the spores in in the game. That having mm. these tendrils coming out of the runner's mouths. Um, I, I, I don't know. I obviously kind of know how it manifests into the clickers and eventually, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called. They're not called boomers, are they? Bloaters. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I, they're going to be more traditionally styled from the game. But yeah, if we see more of that kind of tendrils trying to infect mm. people, I think it's going to look way more horrific than the game ever did in terms of like fear factor. Because yeah. I was expecting when um, Joel and Tess were moving through um, the underground, I was expecting them to put their gas masks on. Mm. I was expecting that moment because I was like, well, they're gonna, there's going to be spores everywhere. What are you doing? But then I remembered, of course, that it's not actually the same thing, which sort of leads me to... Like, what did you guys make of the very op- the, the very first opening when they shot back to 1968 of this TV show? The scientists talking about the fungus, um, played brilliantly by John Hanna, I should say. Um, what did you make of that intro? Is it? I think that was a neat way for people who hadn't played the game to understand mm. the infection. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's probably why it was there. 
is that yeah. it, it's it's important not to make assumptions just because it is one of the biggest games successfully. You know, people might not have played it. People might have been dying to play it for 10 years and not had the console. Um, so it's really important to set that up and it's really important to not make those assumptions um, of what people may or may not, not know. So, um, yeah, no, I thought that was that was done really well. It was a very sombre beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, oh, great, we're in The Last of Us. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of self-indulgence because Kojima did it with uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 as well where he did like these advert reels of almost to kind of sell you to like what this world and universe are like. Um, and I wondered if it was also like a bit of a, a nod to how we weren't prepared for things like COVID and stuff and kind of drawing the parallel mm. between The Last of Us's kind of pandemic and the one that obviously we faced, but obviously nowhere near on the same scale. But yeah, it kind of felt like, like it was a bit tongue in cheek, a bit self indulgent. But I was kind of here for it. I was like, do you know what? It's kind of a not mystical, but it gives it a sense of like, oh, this is like mysteriousness. I kind of like. I it. did find it extremely interesting that they've chosen to set it in 2023 and kind of ignore the idea that COVID's happened and stuff like that, as opposed to setting it the year of the game release. Um, I thought that was really interesting, and I wonder if there will be more. Um, I guess reveals of it being 2023 um, mm. in some way. I think a part of it might have been like to do with uh, a very practical way of showing technology and cars and Maybe. environments. Like it's easier to assume the past than it is the f- than to make up a future because. Mm-hmm. Um, uh in the game we are still we were like 20 years in the future so what was it like 20 oh, yeah 20 33 43 or something like that sure okay so there's quite a bit of time i think that has passed in terms of like the world that we just don't know about so i feel like it might even mm. play a bigger like plot sense because it is 2003 which is not long after kind of everything that happened in america um and it might change people's sensibilities towards each other as well. For sure, for sure. Um, going back to the tendrils and spores, I do think that I hope there's a way that they can alert the audience of that. I think there was nothing more scary than entering an area and seeing those spores and thinking, fuck's sake. You knew it was coming even if you couldn't hear it or even if you couldn't see it on Joel's, you know, uh, detector thing. So for those who haven't played the game, Joel can crouch and kind of detect um, enemies through walls if they're very close by. Um, And yeah, spores were a really big giveaway of that. And it was kind of like, oh, cool. And also um, in the game, um, I think it's in the second, it's in the second game um, where Ellie, Ellie's secret, which we know now is that she is, um, she's immune. She hasn't yet been killed after her bite. Um, she's the longest survivor known at, at that moment to the people that she's around. So they think that she's the cure potentially, or they're looking to get her treated as, as where they're going to go with episode one. They're trying to drop her off to the right people to have a little look. Um, and in the game, obviously, she's very much keeping that secret. She's very much, you know, Joel is the only one. Uh, Joel and, uh, you know, a select few are the only people that that know that secret. And I think that scene in The Last of Us 2, where that accidentally gets revealed because the gas mask breaks, is is really really good i think that's a really really great scene full of such tension and Mm. i hope that they're able to recreate the tension of spores and the tension of of ellie um ellie's secret 
just as well because I think that's where we might lose a little bit of the magic and I hope we don't um, if they've just got you know dangly things from their face and that's the scariest thing about it yeah. <laughs> I, I think clips, as well obviously. that's a great point yeah kind of when they were in the QZ and they were they saw the man on the wall or whatever that was like completely like cordyceps out or like was just a big old mm. mushroom mm. um they weren't phased by it they weren't scared by it I mean I know they're mm. like kind of trained not to be but there was nothing like, they, they didn't bring anything scary to it like when we entered those zones it was always like a tense mm. moment but for them they were kind of just like oh how long has he been here? Yeah, yeah we're not sure. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like maybe if we did see some tendrils like lurking around and going like going at their feet or trying to get out of them or something like that, that just kind of made them kind of like a bit more yeah. like urgent, you know? Just like, a bit more on, on guard as well. The amount of yeah. times that Ellie or Joel in the game go, spores. Oh, yeah. spores. Yeah. Like, that's really like, oh, no, not fucking spores, man. I've yeah. just fucking killed you all. <laughs> like, and I hope that that, that in some way gets recreated in yeah. some whatever respect. Yeah. And it isn't just the sound of a clicker. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was quite interesting. As you both were talking, I was actually a bit more, like, I kind of missed the spores at first. But actually, like, as you've been talking about it, I wondered if the spores were also kind of like a game mechanic in that you knew the spores were there. This is an easy way of notifying the player, like you're in an enemy infested zone now. Whereas in the show and in the game, the characters, they are used to this. Like this mm. isn't a rare occurrence. And I think not it works in the, better. Because they're in a quarantine zone, so they're not used to it. Yeah, but, that's when like, they leave Jolan. the quarantine zone, that they won't be used to it because it will be like free game. They're no, very well and Tessa from Fedra in the, the city. Joel and Tessa yeah. in the world loads. Like they've seen this a lot. And I think... Like in the game, the spores is more as like a warning to the player of like you're coming up against enemies now. Whereas in this world without the spores, they don't have that warning. Like a, an infected could be anywhere more often. Mm. Um, so I wonder if it's mm. a bit of like a change of in the game, you need those kind of mechanics to help the player know when to get ready and when not to. Yeah. But in the show, you don't need that. You know, you can keep everyone on edge by not having those For things sure. in there. I, that's what I mean. And I hope they do recreate it like that. But I did like the idea of walking into a supermarket or a really kind of broken down garage and being like, shit, yeah, it's not gone. as safe yeah. here mm. as it is outside. Yeah, I guess we're going to get, we'll see the world through Ellie's eyes, won't we, as the viewer? Mm. Yes. Um, well, um, well, you know, they sh- presumably Ellie hasn't seen runners or clickers at this point. Mm. Or has not been. She's been bitten at this point, so she has seen them. Something. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, but she's not been out. So she hasn't been out of the QZ, is she? For... She's never been out of the QZ. She said that in, yeah. the, in the first episode. She so... said, I've never left over the wall because Tesco's sit down. That is a lie, though. That is a lie, though, because that's how her and Riley get caught because they do go outside the zone to that um, the place in the game, and that's how they get bitten. So it's interesting as whether they'll stick to that story with Ellie or whether they are going to... Well, has we, we have seen Riley in the trailers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a whole episode that is touching on left behind. I um, think so, yeah. Uh yeah. which I'm equally excited and not ready for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be um, a very very fucking sad episode. Uh Actually, I think I haven't played Left Behind, so I think I might go do that. You, you really should. should. Yeah, <laughs> what? it's a really good piece of content, yeah. Oh. If you don't want to play it, at least watch someone play it because it is so special. Um yeah, a special bit of content that's not too long. Oh, God, it's going to kill you. 
It will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is so no. heartbreaking. Or or oh, you could or no. you could watch the show and just watch the episode and yeah. and that that'll be quite a unique perspective if we do True. come through. Okay, all right, then I'll do that then. I will yeah. I will take on for the team and I'll play it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, people are talking about episode three being an absolute killer uh, emotionally for a lot of yeah. people. Oh, it's going to be that one, isn't it? And it's either on... that or episode three, I... I believe, focuses on Billy. Yeah, it's going to be Bill. Oh, yeah. no. I, I, I think it's going to be the whole episode of the note. What we find in yeah. the game of the notes is going to be yes. out in an episode. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that story's dark, man. It's going to be sad. <laughs> apparently, yeah. apparently we promise get... no spoilers. We promise no spoilers for the, yeah. the listeners. No future spoilers. Be careful. But Basically, yeah, apparently... just everything's sad. <laughs> yeah. The Last of Us. Everything's sad. <laughs> everything's sad. Um. Yeah. I mean, moving. I guess moving forward. Um. Where we see Marlene being played by the same actress that played her in the game, which is pretty cool. Oh really? Yeah, it's, I did not yeah. Notice that. yeah it's the same same actress. Yeah, I said to Cat, I was like, "Damn, they got the casting really good. She looks just like her." Like her. And Kat was like, "That is her." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that is literally her, babe." Yeah. I was like, "Damn." What's interesting is that obviously she's now ten years older, so she's now old enough to play Molly. Mm. And it yeah. just it was just yeah. it was just kind of syncopated. Uh, it was just perfect. You know, it was like such a mm-hmm. a right idea. She's fantastic as well. You know, obviously no one knows the character better. Um, no, they didn't bring Annie Wershing as Tess, but uh, that's okay because the, whoever mm. is playing Tess right now, I, I don't know her name. I'm very, very sorry. Um, Tove is her name someone Tove? Anna Tove? Um, Anna Tove. Um, she has done a great job of Tess so far. She has really captured Tess. Yes. Yeah, I mean, she looks nothing like Tess, but that's fine. I'm not. Yeah, Anna, <laughs> yeah. Anna Tove. Yeah. Anna I Tove. Have, Tove. I could have done with a. I could have done with a bandana. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Over it I'm over it. I'm over it. Annie Washing is really hot as well. So maybe like, maybe like, like she's really, really hot. It's like unnecessary. Sure. Annie the, the original and, player um, of Tess. I'm glad we got a confirmation though that Joel and Tess are a bit of an item. Yeah. They were yeah. explicit about it here, weren't they? In the game, you kind of don't really see it. You kind of get hints that you know through their conversations as a bit of like back and forth, but this is there's, like, there's been a bit of play, yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're sharing a bed, like they are a couple. Yeah. And Do you know what? It's, it's I that like fucking that. ladder scene where you're moving that ladder and they're joking about like yeah. something sexual, and that's the only bit of like reference yeah. you get to it. But as soon as they did like where Tess got into the bed with Joel, I had like a flashback to that scene of moving that fucking ladder, and I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> they're stating it here, that's good, yeah. yeah. One thing that one thing that I am curious about is now correct me if I'm wrong, but over the two games, it's never explained why Ellie is immune, right? No, not really. No, I think it's no, just it's probably not. a mutation thing that mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. DNA is different in real life. Yeah. Somehow Ellie's just got a certain DNA. Which is exactly why they want to get her to the surgery team. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see if they explore that at all in the show. I don't think mm. they should. I I preferred the mystery of it being like Ellie was just like the lucky someone. Patient like, zero. Uh, I, yeah. not, not, uh, I don't want him to go. Oh, just cheers. Okay, <laughs> let's move I on. I wonder though if they will do like a a bit of a development on her symptoms. I wonder if like it's it are they going to go down the path of the game where she doesn't have any symptoms at, at all, or because I saw a very clip 
like very very small snippet of them showing an arm and it looked quite different um and i wonder are they going to show a very slow slow development of a symptom or something like that where it's going to be like oh that's new um mm. so it becomes more urgent to get her to where she needs to be maybe well, she turns into th- like a superhero maybe. <laughs> <laughs> i thought they were going to play out the mystery of what why ellie was special um yeah. in the I, show. As well. I thought they were going to leave it over a few episodes yeah um but apparently not they but were saying that how they revealed it in the show is kind of how they revealed it to us in the game yes. yeah and yeah. i loved that moment in the game where it's kind mm. of like what the fuck she's like she's infected and i was like what are you doing like yeah i'm yeah the, yeah the, sure, there's like a felt, conflict in it mm. yeah it just felt more tv show to be like what's the mystery behind ellie why is she so special sure but um, yeah, they've they've they've, they've that's fine. I don't bother. It doesn't bother me. But um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if they do explore Ellie's past a little bit more away from Left Behind. Obviously, we see her birth. Uh, we've seen that in the trailers. Um, I, I've been interested to see how that connects to everything. Um, maybe that's there's a reason in there why she has this DNA, which doesn't show. Sure. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that might be quite interesting. But yeah, there's oh, I don't know. There's so many ways it can go now. Um, I want to do a big shout to Gabriel Luna playing Tommy. Um, he sounds exactly like Tommy um, <laughs> to the point where I thought they were just dubbing the lines in. <laughs> so the voice of Tommy has been cast in in this series. Oh, cool. um, I'm not going to tell you who he is just in case because I don't want that to be a spoiler. Um, yeah. But he he is he will show up. So check if you can spot him. And obviously Troy Baker. Mr. Troy Baker does a cameo as well. Yes, um, um, eventually. Yeah, as does Ashley Johnson, of course. Um, yes. Yeah. I you know what I wasn't too sure on on Tommy's casting the voice, yeah, like, but he he came across as like a bit Guido-y. Guido. <laughs> a bit like, a bit Guido. Yeah, like he came across as like very like. I don't know. I, I think I know what you mean. Like, like uh, some. Are you supposed star? to be Tommy? Yeah. yeah. I was like, when he was in the kitchen, I was like, are you supposed to be fucking Tommy? Like. No, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna sit on that one. I'll be a duck. I guess. With that one. I guess we see a bit more of Tommy before shit hits the fan. Because uh, in the game, you don't see Tommy until uh, Joel turns up to get Sarah. Yes. To say that yes. with So there's no banter between Tommy and yeah. Joel at that point because you're both driving up to escape it. So I guess they're just trying to develop. A relationship, and I think it reminds me of like a really early John Burnthal. Like he could have been yeah. cast as John yeah. Burnthal in The Walking Dead. Yeah, he could be cast as Shane, and I'd have been like, "Yeah, all right." Then he's like the Shane lookalike. And then, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm gonna sit on it. He's Ghost Rider. That's the only he? casting I'm not sure of so far. Huh? He's Ghost Rider in a certain version of some Marvel show. Is it Agents of Shield? What, what? Burnthal? No, no, Diego oh. Luna. Diego Luna was, yeah, he's the ghost rider in Agents of Shield. I wasn't sold on him until the scene where Sarah dies and he shoots the soldier and he looks at Sarah and I was like, that he's got it. Like in that moment, I was like, okay, I kind of see it there. Um, That's what gave me the Walking Dead vibe on the hill when they have to shoot the old guy <laughs> and they argue about it in Herschel's <laughs> farm. That's what gave me like, you're just Shane. <laughs> right now because <laughs> they have almost the exact same like encounter Shane's on the Shane stood up Rick's on the floor you know is it they have to kill the old guy they have to kill somebody and leave them in the well 
put them in the well. I can't remember who it is. I think it is the old guy. I can't remember. Um, but that's it was really giving me Walking Dead, and I was like, I'm not showing you yet. <laughs> Did you have any um thoughts on the little oh. kid that we meet once the show comes back? Twenty years later, we see this little kid walking through Boston, walking towards the QZ. That's rough. That's fucking dark. I think it it was a really, really good way of um, showing the device and what it does and then what it means when it is a certain colour for then the future scene, obviously, when Ellie has a red thing on it. I thought it was a really nice... um, And it just tied together the kind of brutality of what these people have to do as a result of, like, if you're infected... It doesn't matter if it's your kid or if it's your wife, like you're gonna have to burn them along yeah. with everyone else. Yeah, and I thought absolutely. that officer really was um, the officer that spoke to him. I thought was fantastic. Yes, um, and that shows you such a divide, a societal and political divide, doesn't it? Because yeah. it sets you up without even meeting them. Why the fireflies might be the fireflies, mm. um, or like what they might stand for. Um, and it's that age-old thing when they go to like when you see films and people are dying in hospital and they're like, oh, "We're going to go on holiday and we're going to go on a vacation and it's going to be amazing and you're going to be just fine." And you're sat there like with tears in your eyes, knowing they're going to die in the yeah. next five minutes. You're like, "You're not." It's the, it's the and old... that really gave me that vibe of like we're going to yeah. play with all the toys. I was like, "Oh, you're going to fucking kill him." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the flowers. Um... It's the of mice and men trick, isn't it? When um, yes, then you get yes. told to look Absolutely. look out and think about all the wabbits. Yeah, <laughs> in, in the fucking the head. where the girl gets told to look at the flowers, and mm. it's um, yeah, it's 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 great because I think you have to show that side of it can't just be about John Tess. It has to be about the wider side as well and how they're coping and how they're dealing with it, which might bring it back to your point josh about why it's 2023 is that maybe that is exactly how they would deal with it today mm, um you know yeah. they're dealing with it with kindness they're not being completely brutal you know yes they are killing them but they're not you know putting a gun in their face they're saying you know oh, we're gonna right, go to yeah. a really big toy shop and we're gonna game do this they do, don't they like the game the game yes. they just line them up yeah. in a row and yeah just yeah shoot yeah yeah so yeah. maybe that's a societal thing mm. and it's showing you how society does that and and really... workers oh god Ross. no it just i just i just thought it was interesting how it's set up us looking at joel 20 years later picking up that body and like just nothing on his oh. face yeah just emptiness yeah yeah doesn't even think about it's it anymore bloody kid. it's the same kid yeah. you're like oh okay uh <laughs> doesn't pick him up throw him on fire great and cool. joel just carries on just carries on. on with his day yeah and then he's wheeling yeah. and dealing and i think that's a really good part of the episode was the world building mm. Kind of seeing what Joel does outside of the confines of what we we've seen him do and play as him is like what is his everyday like? How does the day go? Yeah. And then how does everyone around that um, do the same thing? Sort of yeah, like, yeah just really good world building. It's kind of showing where his moral compass is. It's really not only building his his world, but the world around him as well, isn't it? It's showing what yeah. he's doing compared to the other person. It's exactly what you said, Josh. Mm, it's it's fascinating to watch because I've always wanted to see more of the world building. Like I mean, we talked about on our Last of Us Two podcast, which you should go back and listen to because it's very very good. Um, about how we were talking about before the sequel was announced, we were kind of happy with Joel and Ellie's story being wrapped up there, and we'd like to see the part two being a whole new world and a whole new characters. 
Um, and obviously it didn't end up being that way, but you know, we'd like to see because this was a world event, you know, it happened everywhere. Yeah. So there's gonna yeah. be some fascinating stories to tell across the world, I think. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is not going too far out, but it's it is expanding that world just a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so interesting about it being a TV show, is that they have that capability. I mean, thank fuck it wasn't a movie because they would have had to cut out like so oh, many. Oh, so moments. much. Although I'm surprised it's nine episodes. I'm like, shit, man, we're gonna have to like be tight about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, HBO wants to give me on the the uh, the episode times, are they? They're like, just take as take as long as yeah, you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of them are another an hour and a half and stuff like that. So we've got more. Yeah, those next ones, one's fifty-five minutes, I think. So yeah. Um, my favourite moment was the moment that me and Miles spoke about um, with the radio, which we cannot work out if Ellie was telling the truth or she was showing you how smart she was. Um, so mm. the bit with the radio where she says the 70s, 80s, 90s and Joel falls, no, what is it, 60s, 70s, 80s and Joel falls asleep and he says, well, what, um, what song was it? And she had the big book and she was studying the big book. Um, now she needed to work out what the 80s meant so she could have either lied about it and said oh it was Duran Duran because that's in the 80s or it could have genuinely just been Duran Duran um, because I really queried that and Miles was like no 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 it might not have been Duran Duran but she might have just read the book studied it and picked a song out from the 80s um, Hmm. to like figure it out for Joel really kind of showing her intelligence and like her slyness or it could have genuinely been Trandran and and uh bill and frank's radio is in distress or yeah. in trouble as she said which was i thought that was really interesting and i that was one of my favorite moments it was a really special but short moment in the show where it's like always oh, has ali lied and just figure that out herself or or was it actually because she was studying that book for hours it's a nice nod to in the game she does lots of little crafty oh. things like she nicks uh one of bill's magazines at some point and she also oh, yeah. um, in a shop like nicks a toy when but specifically when you playing as joel don't look at her if you look at yeah. her she won't take it and the moment you turn your back you can see her then nick it with the camera and it was a nice way of demonstrating that Ellie is a survivor in this world. She doesn't mm. understand it as well as Joel does, but she also understands certain elements much better than him, like the craftiness and the sense of you've got to be a bit smarter sometimes to manipulate people. Um, Joel's very good at surviving, but he's not very good with people, whereas Ellie's very good at making people kind of do things or working around them. Um so it was a nice nod to that. And then the fact that the radio plays at the end leaves it ambiguous because is it playing again another 80s song? Because the original time mm. they were in distress and Joel didn't yeah, answer. Yeah, it's playing, um, it's playing a song by Depeche Mode. Yes, yeah. So it's kind Which of a... Very 80s. Yeah, absolutely. So, so is then it then saying again he's question. in trouble or is it a, a narrative like... Is it to ex- explain that they're about to walk into trouble? I love it. Yeah, it's like, oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> They're past the QZ now. Everything's about to get very, very fucked. Yeah. Um, and that final shot of the the buildings collapsed on Beautiful. one another. And, oh, Stunning. Oh, I did not want to it There's a little clicker in the background as well, if you look really hard on yeah. the building, looking at them. Oh, boy. Because that <laughs> is like the part that I remember in the first game when you go into those two buildings and you've got to work your way through those offices and the clickers are there yes. for the first time and there's a bunch of infected and it's so fucking tense. Like the atmosphere in that part is superb. And I'm really looking forward I'm, to this episode. I think it's going to spend a little bit of time in there to really sell 
how fucking awful the clickers are to have to navigate mm-hmm. um so i'm really excited for like if they incorporate the horror elements into that i think this is where it's going to turn up mm. really looking you know? forward to the draft shot now oh yeah <laughs> episode nine let's go <laughs> episode nine let's go <laughs> you know that shot uh, shot. in the remake of the last of us last of us part one mm-hmm. um one of those offices is designed like the office from the tv show the office no Shut way is why didn't they? they? Why did they put that in the trailer? I'd have bought it first day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I'm way past that bit now, and I didn't find it. But I'm going to go back and uh, see if I can find it. I saw it on YouTube. I was like, no fucking way. But yeah, some developer probably had the time of his life doing that. That's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Anyway, that's for the game. You should, if you haven't watched, played the, played the game, go buy the game. It's only seventy quid on PS5. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Great deal. Great, Great value. Deal. <laughs> But you can play the opening two hours on PlayStation Troll now, if you wish. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Only you can just make yourself though. really depressed and then stop. <laughs> Basically, play up to the end of episode one of this series, really. The first <laughs> two hours. Yeah. And get no closure. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything else that we've missed that you want to jump in on? Uh, the fact that Tommy and Joel are in contact, because in the game at this stage, mm-hmm. they haven't spoken for years, whereas here... Joel and Tommy are communicating via the tower and it's one of Joel's motivations um, which was one of the small plot threads that I noticed is quite different Um, and I don't know if they're actually going to develop that where Tommy's a bit more of a factor in the point leading up compared to the game or whether that's kind of going to get dropped off and kind of left but I suspect it's in here for a reason and Mm. that really intrigued me I was like this is quite a deviation so I'm intrigued where they take it I think that's a great balance, though, isn't it? Is because if they were to do everything exactly the same, you're going to get the nitpicker fans who are like, "Well, that didn't happen exactly like that." Whereas if they if they draw strong deviated lines, that's them saying, "Actually, we're going to reclaim this bit and change it, and it's it's not going to be a complete change, so it's going to change the whole story." But this is going to be our take on actually how this how this happens or how this arc happens, which I think is a really strong way to possess in a, a game adaption. Is you're not you're not deviating too far you are keeping to some of the same bits but also you're choosing your moments i guess it's also extra stakes for joel and it helps us feel a bit more connected to tommy because obviously in the Mm. game at this point we don't have that much contact with tommy um and i wonder if in the show they're going to keep him kind of in mind a bit more um so that you do feel a bit more like we talked about at the start you know you kind of need that bit of time and exposure with characters to to care what happens to them so yeah, I was I was intrigued by that part. I'm interested to see where they take it. I think I think it's for the audience that don't know the game because I think mm. game things happen for game reasons. Um, TV watchers, movie watchers, if they saw Tommy in like episode blah blah blah, wherever it turns up, if it ever happens, they'd be like, "Where the fuck has he been?" Yeah, who's like, this fucking dude? <laughs> no, like, like they knew Tommy, and I'm like, why haven't we heard of him this whole time? Like. Why? Why did we not know anything about it? Like it was just a bit of. I think it's just filling in a a, a possible plot hole that games can kind of get away with because they're, um, a, you know, games are games. Like you kind of sustain some disbelief, but like if you're really gonna be nitpicky about the story and the threads and the plot lines, like you'd be like, wait, he's not spoken to him for like twenty years, and he just somehow sees him now. Like what? They do cover that in the game, though. They, like Joel does explain it to Ellie as to why they haven't spoken for so long. So it is kind of covered as part of it. Yeah, that's true. 
So I, I guess they could have just taken the route of just doing the same justification as like as their wandering Joel could have just said like, oh, like mm. I have a brother. This is what happened, and then it could have been like, cool, that's tied up and put away. But I yeah. like this idea of incorporating him a bit more, like you said, kind of for an audience. It keeps you more hooked in. He is a character yeah. and he does exist. Yeah, and and maybe they want a bit more of an easier relationship between the two, a lot less tumultuous and a lot less like, you know at ends of each with each other yeah yeah absolutely there's like slight less extreme conflict i suppose isn't there mm. yeah now, did you watch the um coming up on the last of us at the end yes okay i won't go into it if, if anyone missed it because things like that are quite easy to miss but yeah um there there, there, there is a reconciliation at some point I guess yes. the best way to, to much inspire. much hype for the moments they showed. I feel like it was a really good because oh, yeah. it was like, here's all the little snippets of what's coming, but we're not going to show you anything of what it actually is. And I'm like, yes, very clever, very clever. Um, anything else? No. Or are we good? That's everything. We are good. That's Looking every single. The second one. Yes. Um, that is on uh, Monday night on. Sky Atlantic. Uh, it's going to be. It, you can watch it Sunday night at like two AM if you want to, because it broadcasts at the same time as the US. Um, but yeah, it's Monday night Sky Atlantic. You can watch it if you have Sky. Obviously, you can watch it there, or you can watch it on Now TV as well. Um, sign up is like ten pound a month, I think, and you can uh, watch The Last of Us. Um, you can watch it along with us. So we're very, very excited for the next episode. Uh, when the next episode of this podcast goes up. I, who knows? We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, as we always do. In like, you know, day or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We haven't yeah. too bad this week. Um, but yeah, we will do our very best to get the pods up um, as close to the episode as possible. Um, but um, I know people that are just watching it tonight and just watching it tomorrow. Um, people that are saving it for this weekend. So, you know, um, it's, it's, it's all over the place. You can watch it whenever you like. That's the beauty of TV nowadays. Um, but Nine weeks of The Last of Us. Come on, bring it on. Fantastic stuff, but it does bring an end to this episode. Thank you very much indeed for listening to Look for the Light, our very first episode all about HBO's The Last of Us. It is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Kat. Bye-bye. And goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. We'll be back with our regular scheduled Finger Guns podcast Tuesday morning next week. But until then, I've been Roscoe. And, oh, I need a funky Last of Us line to finish on every week. What should it be? I'll break your fucking jaw. <laughs> yeah, if you tell me to look for the light, I'll break your jaw. <laughs> I feel like the title's called, the, the show's called Look for the Light, so it's, I suppose it should be When You're Lost in the Darkness. Look for the light.